I did it because I had always looked up to the stability of marriage. Going through the show, I saw the show with such different eyes. The decision of having to make such a heavy, like important decision in my life was constantly weighing on me. Am I making a sound judgment? Like, am I being, giving someone enough grace, but also being able to take a step back and say, is this the right fit for me? It did make me hyper aware to like any situation where I could possibly be, again, a second choice. Don't treat me as if I am a second choice. I should be the priority. You are getting divorced. How are you? I'm okay. We're gonna have to like explain ourselves. We're gonna have to relive everything that was put on TV. It, it was more of a push to kind of just make a final decision. Like, is this gonna work or not? We've given it a year. We've experienced the same issues repeatedly. So like, yes or no. And I think if the cameras weren't there or if we didn't have to deal with after the altar, then I think we would have just had a lot more time to figure it out. All of the issues that we currently have are where all of the issues before I said yes. I chose to believe his words because I didn't have enough time to see his actions. I don't regret taking that risk because I'm Welcome back everyone to Diary of an Empath. So today's episode, I am so excited because I have the one and only Ayana. You know her from Love is Blind season two, and I'm so excited to just dive in, have this conversation, kind of get a little bit of the tea of the show and just learn a little bit more about Ayana. So thanks Ayana for coming on the show. I am so, so appreciative and humbled that you are just giving your time and your energy today. Oh, of course. It's a pleasure to be here. I love your podcast. <laughs> Yay. I'm, I, I feel like we have a lot in common. And I think when I was watching the show, I saw a lot of myself in you. And I think that that's why so many people fell in love with you, because not only do you just give off this amazing energy, but I think for a lot of us who are just more sensitive and, you know, we just view the world differently. I think for me, I saw myself in you in so many aspects. And one in particular, when you were talking about your upbringing. And that's kind of where I want to start because I grew up in a very similar situation than you did. And I just want everyone to get to know you a little bit. So tell me about where you grew up and your upbringing and, and how that brought you to where you are now. Yeah, um, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, well, more metro Atlanta. I think anyone from Atlanta is like, you're not from Atlanta. Um, so I grew up in metro Atlanta area. Um, first with my mom. My mom raised me until I was about nine, but she couldn't quite take care of me financially. And she just had a few uh, mental disorders that kind of got in the way of her being the best mom that she wanted to be. So she thought it was best to pass me along to someone else she felt that I would be safe with, which was my cousin, her second cousin, sorry, my cat, um, her <laughs> second cousin. And she raised me until I was 18. But then there were some complications, some friction there. I was kicked out of the house. And the next next ones in line <laughs> were my godparents. And they took me in without hesitation and wanted to take on a full parent role, which was so weird for me because I had never had a, a set of parents before. So yeah, they they took on that role and I'm I'm so grateful that they did now because in retrospect I'm like that was the best decision that anyone could have made for me who cared for me and yeah, I mean at the time I didn't quite see that cuz I was 
young and dumb, but um, now I'm I'm so grateful for them. I definitely wouldn't be this okay if it weren't for my parents. Yeah, I grew up in Chicago, and my mom and myself had a very turbulent relationship, and. I think, like you, I can come from a place of compassion. I I understand a lot of why she was the way she was because she had a lot of trauma in her past. And I think it makes it easier as an adult. I think it took me me a long time to get to the place of, like, compassion. And for me, I can forgive because I understand. I still keep boundaries. But it was really difficult for me as a teenager because I became very turbulent. I was, you know, going out and doing all types of wild stuff. And I actually didn't get the structure until I went in the military. And it, but it sounds like your structure became when you met your adopted parents. So what was that like for you all of a sudden going from this lifestyle of not really having this model parent figure to now you have, and I remember seeing them on the show, you know, very solid with their faith, two very structured mom and dad figures. What was that transition like for you? Uh, It was uh, uncomfortable. (laughs) It was very, very uncomfortable. (laughs) I know the first couple of years of me moving in with them were, it, it was, it was a lot of friction just because they were basically parenting a young adult, but nonetheless an adult, someone who technically didn't have to listen to anything that they said. But then I was in this strange position of feeling like I owed them so much because they decided to take me in. But then also like coming into myself and knowing like, wow, I actually have some power now. I can actually make decisions for myself. Um, So it was very uncomfortable (laughs) for the first couple of years. But I think, I think, with my parents, I learned, number one, how to stick things through because my my first thing was to always run from conflict. And they taught me to really just stand still. Like, family is family. Like, well, your chosen family is your chosen family. Like, you're going to have to communicate. And just because there is some form of a disagreement doesn't mean that, like, you guys have to, like, cut each other off. But that was, like, my go-to because that's what I had seen myself and that's what I grew to understand was a way to protect myself. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely uncomfortable, but they taught me so much. And they've also learned a lot from me, which I, which I even more so admired because I didn't think that people could actually change. I saw that for myself that like growth is possible no matter how old you are. So I love that. I love the word uncomfortable because I felt that way when I went into the Marine Corps and I didn't go from the environment I was into a structured parental household, but the Marine Corps was my parents. Essentially, I had structure for the first time in my life and it was really uncomfortable because all of a sudden I lost my autonomy and that was Mm -hmm. my autonomy was my trauma response for so long when I was going out and partying and experimenting with drugs and experimenting with with boys and men. And I it was really turbulent for me. So all of a sudden, when I went into this structured environment, it was like, oh, shit, you know, this yeah. is this is new. This is different. It's it's uncomfortable, but it taught me so much. And it sounds like your parents brought that solidness and maybe that foundation and that that grounding that maybe you needed or craved or wanted for so long. And what a blessing that you were able to have that even if it's later in life, I think that everyone comes into our life for a reason. And there's always reasons why things happen. So 
Now let's fast forward. You decide to audition for this show, Love is Blind. I know there was already a season one. So why audition for this show? Where were you at in life and what even made you decide to go on the show? Uh, um, I, when the application started, I had literally just moved to Chicago, like, a month and a half before. So I thought it was strange that like, oh, I'm in Chicago and now applications in Chicago are starting. So that was like serendipity number one. Then it was during quarantine and I just kept thinking, well, why not? And at this point, you know, it's strange because at that point, I don't think I would have been ready for marriage. But I think because I knew about the show, I took the time to get ready just to make sure. But um, I mean, I did it because I had always... I'd always just looked up to the stability of marriage. I mean, coming from the childhood that I came from, I always thought that marriage was the ultimate stability. I mean, now I think I might have been a bit naive, but I think even still, I think it's possible if like both people are absolutely ready for marriage and if there's like an actual like dating courting period. But nonetheless, I I wanted, I just craved that. I, I wanted that. I wanted something form of my life to be not well yeah settled I just want something to be stable other than my parents yeah I just craved it so did you watch season one? Oh yeah if it weren't for Lauren and Cameron I wouldn't have done the show oh they were I would have been like that was my favorite couple it was I I mean it's still everyone's favorite it's still my favorite like I look at our season I'm like oh our season sucked like where's our Lauren (laughs) and Cameron like come on they they were great well you I mean you were that for me so was it different watching the show versus of course it was different but how did it feel from going from watching the show to now being part of the show and then re-watching it did it give you a different perspective of things so okay so Watching the show as a viewer, as a normal viewer, I was just like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. Like, oh, this could be something so great. And then going through the show, I saw the show with such different eyes. Like, it's insane. Even when I look back on the Barnett, Amber, uh, other girls situation, I'm like, but he was just doing the experiment. Like, he was just doing what he was supposed to be doing. But when I first saw it, I was like, this player guy, like, what is he doing? And now I'm going through and I'm like, oh my God, like I see it with completely different eyes. And I mean, I can only imagine like how hard that was for season one. They didn't even really know. I mean, they knew the premise of the show, but they didn't really know like, like what was about to happen. Mm -hmm, Um, So mm -hmm. I think, I think maybe we were, blessed in that way I don't know I think honestly I think that's you had a little bit of a of a heads up you did we had a heads up yeah we had a heads up yeah and I think that was some form of an advantage but at the same time maybe not what were some of the challenges that you found as you went through the process or what would you say was really challenging for you my anxiety (laughs) my anxiety um was I mean, I typically struggle with anxiety anyway. So going through that, that was by far the worst it had ever been. Um, In my mind, it would just be this beautiful thing. But I think the decision of having to make such a heavy, like important decision in my life was constantly weighing on me. And then knowing if like, because everything's so in, in a short period of time, like, am I making a sound judgment? Like, am I... Am I being giving someone enough grace, but also like 
being able to take a step back and say, is this the right fit for me? Um, so mm -hmm. it was really hard to find that balance when I didn't really have much time to decide and I didn't have access to the people who I would typically go to for um, extra advice, which was even harder for me because I lean heavily on my support. So yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot to say the least. It's I think too, having cameras on you it's kind of like in the back of the head. I know for me, if I was in that situation, I can only assume or guess that there would be a little bit of part of me that would be thinking, okay, cameras are recording you. Should we watch what you say? Do you feel that it affected authenticity on the show? For me and the pods, no, which is strange. It was so easy for me to forget the cameras were there in the pod because you can't necessarily see them all the time. Plus, I wanted to be as open as possible in the pods because I wanted to make sure I set the foundation for whoever I'm going to be with to know who I am and like, you know, what they're signing up for. Now, what was on my mind is I wonder if the other person is like, cognizant of the cameras and are putting their best foot forward. Um, but I honestly just couldn't dwell on that too much um, because it was giving me even more anxiety. So I was really just like walking in faith and hoping like everyone was there for good reasons and was there mm -hmm. with the same mindset. Again, naive, but nonetheless, like I, I mean, I was just really hopeful, but uh, the pods were actually fairly easy for me. It was everything else after that got a little complicated. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I go through life like that. I kind of hope everyone's going to be like me with good intentions mm -hmm. because I'm such an empath and I really think you are too. And yeah. I I just I just hope that everyone's going to be or have the same expectations that I put out there because for me what you see is what you get. I'm so yes. communicative and I'm like this is what yes. I want. Like it's really easy for me to just say yes I do or no I don't. I've yes. never been one to teeter-totter or play games or anything because I just don't want to hurt people number 1. Yes. And number 2 yes. like I I care about feelings. Like I care more about other people's feelings than I do my own than sometimes. I do my own. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such an empath. And when I found out what the word empath was and I started actually like learning about it. I'm like, oh my God, this is me. Like I absorb other people's feelings and energy. I can watch the Lion King. And I'm like, no, Simba, no. Like I literally <laughs> will cry <laughs> if I yes. see a cartoon character cry. And yes. so I, I know that that would probably be a struggle for me. And I can understand why you were anxious too, because you're probably also picking up on other people's anxieties. You can't see them. You don't know if they're authentic. And it's almost like that trauma response of, am I going to be hurt? Is this person yeah. going to hurt me? But I want to have faith that they're not because I want to yeah. assume everybody's a good person. But it's yeah. that level of, I, you know, I hate that you say that you're naive because I don't think that you're naive, but I think that as you go through life and you learn these lessons about yourself, it does get a little bit easier to, I don't want to say have your guard up, but just pay attention to other people and how they respond. But sometimes people don't walk into a room or your life to say like, I'm an asshole or I'm going to hurt you. And sometimes, you, <laughs> you know, no one goes into a situation expecting something to not work out. We just hope for the yeah. best. And then hopefully we can learn lessons from that situation moving forward and, and not repeat them. For you, when you were in the pods, and I know that obviously you ended up, for those who haven't watched the show, spoiler alert, she got married. So <laughs> when you met your partner at that time, what were your initial thoughts about him? About Jared? Oh, oh, in the pods or after? <laughs> in the pods. Let's start with the pods. In, in the pods, <laughs> I... 
I was like, oh my God, look at this man. He's opening up. He can talk about his emotions. He's insightful. He's understanding. Yeah, that's pretty much my perception of him. And he's just a strong lover. I could tell he like felt his emotions deeply. And those were all things that I I wanted. So yeah, that was my perception of him then. I remember there was a scene and a part of that process where he opened up emotionally to you about Mm -hmm. um, some things from his past. And I think for me, that's kind of when I saw that connection. And I feel like vulnerability is so difficult for so many people. And if Mm -hmm. you're like me, and I think you are, vulnerability is really attractive to me because you know, that can show me that you can be open. But what I've learned over time, at least for me, that Mm -hmm. emotional vulnerability does not equal emotional availability. And I've had to learn that the hard way. And yeah, it's and that was that was a really big uh, knife to the heart for me on many situations. And Mm -hmm. I have, I, I'm still learning those lessons. There was a, a, an incident in the show where you found out that you were Jarrett's second choice. And I think we all kind of felt a little knife in the heart for you at that moment. And you expressed your, your emotions that it bothered you because I think romantically and, you know, when we're in these situations, we always want to be someone's first choice. And I I saw that you struggled with that. How did that affect you during this process? And did it continue to be on your mind even after the show ended? It definitely just made me kind of, I won't say it made me put my guard up, but it did make me hyper aware to like any situation where I could possibly be again, a second choice. I just wanted to, my concern was don't treat me as if I am a second choice. I should be the priority, even though like that's how it started. And my logic explained it away. Like, well, that's the premise of the show. I it happens. Um, so moving forward, just make sure that like, you don't treat me as if I'm the second choice. So that was always like in the back of my mind during the process, but very quickly um, before we got married, it, it I didn't like it was an issue maybe for the first week and then it wasn't anymore for me because then we had other things to worry about. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. are our differences going to get in the way of this? Like what is this going to even work um, type of thing? But it was no longer the second choice thing wasn't no longer an issue after like the first week of us being back here in Chicago um, because then we had other things to worry about. But um, after we were married, I didn't think about it again until the show aired and then all of these people are saying the same thing like well you're his second choice you're his second choice I'm like oh my god like the fact that I have to relive and like relearn Mm -hmm. and like reheal from this all over again is exhausting but um it wasn't really an issue throughout we just had other things to worry about like that was the last thing um on our minds really I know recently you announced that you are getting divorced and that Mm -hmm. was something that I know came with a heavy heart for you. So my first question is, how are you? I'm okay. (laughs) I'm okay and getting better. Um, Right now, I'll just say definitely just okay. Um, There's a lot of transition happening right now on top of like knowing that after the altar is coming out. So I'm going to have to relive a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. which is the hardest part of it. But um, yeah, I'm all right. 
Do you feel like going through such a public process, do you feel that that affected your marriage or do you think it wouldn't have changed the outcome? Real quick, everybody, I want to share a product that I have been using. And most of you know that I am very ethical. I do not share recommendations or products unless it's something that I feel works. And I have been trying to look for a product that helps with focus because I do love my coffee. I am a caffeine drinker, but lately it hasn't been enough. I caught COVID a couple months ago. As you guys know, it was my second time within three months having it. And ever since then, I have been having a difficult time focusing. So I came across this product. I figured I would try it. I've been doing it for about two weeks now. It's called Magic Mind. It is a shot that you take every morning. You got to take it for about a week to really see the effects. But what I like about it is it's not something that's going to get you up. Like it's not like downing a bang. But when you take it, it really gets you dialed in and you can take it alongside with your coffee. So I've been drinking my coffee in the morning. I take a shot of Magic Mind and I would say within about 20 to 30 minutes, I start feeling just calmer, more focused. Another thing that I like about this is that it's all natural. So it has, we always hear the terms all natural, right? But it has products that actually have backed up science and data to back up its claims. Ingredients like ashkawanda, matcha, honey, adaptogens. So if you're interested in the product, you can go to magicmind.co, enter the code empath for 20% off. Let me know how you like it. I want to hear from all of you. Does it really work for you? Is it helping you? Because this is something that I'm going to continue using. I feel like it's helping me and I want the same for each and every one of you. Okay, back to the podcast. Absolutely. I think it absolutely. I mean, I I think in the end it wouldn't have... uh... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I think it absolutely had an effect, though. I will say every time something like um, the season premiering coming out or after the altar coming out, there's always the just the the knowing that like the security of our marriage will be like spotlight again. Mm -hmm. And so with Jared and I going through the issues that we were um, even as of late before we made the decision to separate. Uh, It was just heavy on my mind. Like, again, we're going to have to like explain ourselves. We're going to have to relive everything that was put on TV. And it just, it it was more of a push to kind of just make a final decision. Like, is this going to work or not? Because like we've given it a year, we've experienced the same issues repeatedly. So like, yes or no type of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And I think if the cameras weren't there or if we didn't have to deal with after the altar, then I think we would have just had a lot more time to figure it out. Do you feel like looking back at it, there were red flags or incompatibility issues that maybe Mm. you tried to overlook? Absolutely. I think all of the issues that we currently have are where all of the issues before we said, I said, yes. Um, I chose to believe his words because I didn't have enough time to see his actions. And I, I mean, I can't say that I regret it. I don't regret taking that risk because I'm proud of myself for even still being able to do it. I just wish that I had, I just wish I had more time, honestly, because I think even if I had an extra month, I would have been like, no. But yeah, all the issues that were there before are still the issues now. (laughs) So I think- that was honestly the hardest part about watching the season back. It's like, wow, we're still struggling with the same stuff and still having the same conversations. Yeah. I, I, I feel like a lot of times when you're very intuitive and I think you are, I think, so one thing you said was that you were trying to 
go into this like logical frame of thinking of like, okay, this yeah. is part of the show. This is that I find for me, because I'm such an empath, I'm so, so intuitive before my logic would fight what my intuition was telling me. So like intuition, yes. my intuition was like, I know this is or isn't right. I know yeah. that this person is doing this or whatever the situation was, but it's like yeah. my brain would say, what's your evidence behind it? Or no, Carice, look at A, B, and C. You have no reason to think like this, or you just need to calm down. Your anxiety yeah. is you're overthinking. Yeah. You need to chill out. And hindsight, you know, it's always 2020. <laughs> I would always look back and I'm like, no, God, I was right. The red flags were yeah. there. And like sometimes too, I tell people that red flags it doesn't mean like, oh, this is a bad person or this is a shitty person. But sometimes those red flags are like incompatibility. Or I yeah. saw that this person is like this. And that's something I know that I'm not going to be able to deal with. But let me yeah. overlook it because I love that he does mm -hmm. this, this and this. Yeah. Even though I know that that's something that I know in my heart that I'm not going to be able to deal with. And I know intuitively yep. it's not going to change. And my intuition's telling me like, no, no, Kareem, bitch, run, go the other yep. way. <laughs> and yep. I still go anyway. And it was always my intuition fighting what my brain was telling me to do. And I, I feel like for women who are super intuitive, it happens a lot. And I always say it doesn't necessarily mean the person's a bad person, but there are usually red flags or incompatibility issues there really early on. And you have to get really comfortable learning how to walk away in the beginning. But I think what yes. was so unique about your situation is that show kind of forces you to rush things and to, yeah. you know, and, but the, but the interesting thing is everyone on that show had this desire to have a partner, which is great, mm -hmm. but I feel like it didn't really give you guys enough time and privacy to really get to know each other, oh, to have like a really healthy foundation. So I almost feel like it sets you up for disaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I say all the time, I, I will say one advantage that season one got that we didn't get is they had at least like a year and a half in between mm -hmm. The, the season wrapping up uh, filming and then the season premiering. And that's what I feel like was like really bad for us. Um, I, I genuinely think, uh, uh, yeah, no, maybe not. But even still, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there would have been a lot less friction of just like trying to decide yes or no, yes or no. If we had a lot more time at the end of the day, I think like, the reason why we didn't work out is because Jared just really needs to go on his own personal journey of mm -hmm. growth. But like, I see that. Yeah. I yeah. So regardless, like that still would have needed to happen. But right. um, I right. think we more time would have been nice. <laughs> How old is Jared? Oh, <laughs> he's about to be 33. Yeah. I mean, you know, some sometimes men need a lot longer. <laughs> How much longer? <laughs> I wonder. I'm like 33. Listen here, I'm 36. I'm about to be 37 next month. I have been sing. I I applied for the show, but I wasn't in Chicago. Like, I'm kind of oh, glad I didn't go on it. Be happy you did it. <laughs> but be like, I'm I'm pitifully single, and I have I'm ready to find my person. But let me yeah. tell you, it is hard, it's hard. out it's here. Hard. It's hard. And I am like, oh, maybe it's Orlando. But I talk to other women in different cities, and they're like, mm, it's the nope. Same thing. It's, it's this the generation. Same thing. Oh my God. When, so when I announced the divorce, all of a sudden I got this influx of messages and comments saying, Ayana, you don't know how hard it is out here. Like you should uh. just stay with him. And I'm like, guys, I think 
I would much rather be single than like have to deal. Like I crave someone with like emotional intelligence and self-awareness and like who's intuitive and like who, I mean, I need that. And I realized that I need that. Like I, especially being us, the people that we are, I need it. We'd make great lesbians, but. But (laughs) Do you know I've actually had this conversation with my friends. I was like, maybe I should just like switch to the other other side and just give it a shot. The more I think about it. Okay, listen, Ayana. If we if if we turn forty five, I mean, and we're still single, I we mean, can give it a shot. <laughs> do you know? I've actually thought I've to, I told Natalie. Natalie thinks I'm crazy, but I was like, Natalie, if we're still single by like forty, at that point, I'll still be like a little bit younger than you. I was like, let's just have a kid together. Like, yeah. I don't want to be in a relationship, but let's just raise a child together. Right. Like, you Buy know, a house. I can't wait. Yeah. Have a life. You know. I, I could totally great. see that happening. We're emotionally That's intuitive. Great. We're intelligent. I mean, it's it's hard out here. So let me ask you it this. You're, you you got all these messages from your, your fans that were telling you about how hard it is dating, but did you get any messages where your fans upset about the breakup? Mm. How, how, how was oh, the yeah. reaction? That was actually most of the messages that I got about people being upset, people saying that like, I'm not giving it a fair shot or like, aren't you a godly woman? Like, why are you divorcing? And like, uh, yeah, there was just, there was a lot. People telling me that I should do counseling, even though you've done that. Like there's, yeah, there was just, there was a lot more of those. And I think those were the messages I wasn't necessarily prepared for. And I should, Mm -hmm. I don't know why I didn't prepare for that, but yeah. Well, you felt judged. I did feel, ju- I felt yeah. very judged, especially for like, you guys don't know any, I, I understand for everyone else, it's still so fresh in people's minds, but like for us, it's been a year plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't, this is, wasn't all of a sudden for us. This was something that was like in the making for a while um, that we were really trying to figure out. We were really trying to navigate, but it just didn't work. So yeah, to feel judged and shamed for that was a lot for me, but um, I'm finally over that, thankfully. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. No, it, and I, I can understand that because that's got to be, first of all, that's a lot of energy and people coming at you at once. And then to go through something that is so vulnerable for you and mm. to be in such a public way and then be judged for it. And yeah. I really, really believe that it is better to walk away from a situation that doesn't serve the highest good of the two people involved, regardless yeah, if I it's agree. a marriage or if it's not, because then I you agree. bring children into the mix or you, it's, I mean, it's just a recipe for toxicity. Yeah. That's, yes. if, if you're not compatible, you're not compatible and that's okay. Yes. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make him a bad person. It yes. just means that you guys are not meant to be in the entire book of what we call life. Maybe he was meant to serve a chapter, maybe two, and that's mm-hmm. okay. He served his purpose and you served his in his life. And you know, yeah. you guys hopefully will learn lessons from each other and take that on into your future relationships to be yeah. better humans. You know, that's that's all you can do. That was literally my thought process. <laughs> that yeah. was literally my what my mind was like, guys, it just like isn't working. We're just and, yeah. and honestly that when we started talking about children is where I really started to like mm-hmm. realize like I can't this isn't mm-hmm. it. I, I can't, I can't be in this because having kids with someone I'm just so incompatible with mm-hmm. on top of the fact that we're already having friction, I just like, couldn't do it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I know, I think he took that personally. He was just like, I'd be a good father. And I'm like, I'm not saying you wouldn't be a good father. Yeah. I think you'd be a great father, but you'd be a terrible partner while being a good father. And I can't, mm-hmm. I can't have that. We're just like, mm-hmm. still incompatible. What about marriage in the future for you? Do you still believe in marriage? Do you still want to get married? I do still believe in marriage. Um, I do still want to get married. I couldn't tell you when that might happen or if it'll happen, but I do Mm -hmm. still want it. I still crave marriage. Um, And now that I've been through one, I think I, I actually know what I want now. And I actually know what I'm, what I'm looking for in a partner and in a partnership. So you're going to find it. You're a good person. And I really believe that people like us have our person out there, but we have to just be really careful of letting, I'll even say snakes into our, into our homes. And I'm not saying that's Jared. I'm just saying in general, because when you are such a compassionate person, it's really easy to overlook things. It's really over. It's really easy to overlook like red flags. So I think that we tend to be, I don't want to say a little lonelier, but it's just harder when you have to like really stand your ground and say like, no, this is what I'm looking for. And I'm not going to settle until I find this. It's a hard pill to swallow. It was for me and which is why I'm still single, but I still believe that my person is out there. I'm going to make a, a, a vision board this weekend, I think, after this conversation so we can manifest <laughs> our, our person. So let's talk about the reunion. So I know that there's another reunion coming up, but I want to go back to the last reunion that already aired. There was a lot of friction that was going on in that reunion. I know there was yeah. a lot of butting heads with different people. What are your thoughts on the reunion looking back at it? Oh, it was uh, interesting. It was interesting <laughs> to endure and interesting to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just it was just really interesting. I'm glad some people got to speak on their their stories. Other people, I kind of wish they hadn't spoken at all. But like for the most <laughs> part, like, it was it was uh, definitely interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, I, I'll say this: I feel like you know different people that have different upbringings, different cultural backgrounds, different lenses of how they view the world, of how they view situations. I look at it like this. When you're actually playing a baseball game, right, your your view is very linear. You see what's in front of you. You see what's on the side of you. But now all of a sudden you're in the stands and you see a, a 360 aerial view of everything that's going on. And I think when people saw the show versus maybe even being on the show, it gave everyone a little bit different of a perspective. And I think that's part of what happened. I also want to point out too, and for, you know, for those that haven't watched it, you may need to go and watch so you can kind of keep up with what we're talking about. But I also feel like, you know, on the other hand, and I try to play a very neutral stance that it, it also must not be easy for everybody to, to feel like everybody's coming at you and to feel judged in a way too. And I think that that was part of Shake's response to, and I don't want to get too much into, into the situation with Shake, but I also feel like that is part of why there was so much defensiveness as well. And I also understand other people's point of view with some of the things that were said and watching the show. And, and so I, I think it's interesting to see how everybody reacted based off of, you know, their experiences, their background, their culture, their view of what happened versus what didn't happen. And we're always our own main characters in our own movies, right? Some more than others. And (laughs) And sometimes it happens like that. Um, When when you look back at the reunion, is there anything that you would change or that maybe you wish was not said or done? 
Uh, for me, not really. The only thing I wish I hadn't, I really wish I hadn't spoken to Shig at all. I shouldn't have called him a narcissist, whether that's my opinion or not. I shouldn't have called him a narcissist. Um, I definitely understand why he was so defensive. Um, now receiving any of the flag that I've received, and it's been nothing compared to what he's received. I don't think anyone deserves that much or mm -hmm. any really um from people who don't even know them all of god because it's it's really overwhelming and mm -hmm. i understand that now so for us to on camera just like join in basically was just mm -hmm. like it was a lot and i can understand why he was so defensive um, yeah. my opinions are not i i should have kept those off camera but yeah, I mean, she, but you still have your will. yeah, you still have your opinions. I still have my opinions, <laughs> but I so appreciate that about you. I, I I appreciate the fact that you can have that self awareness and that self insight because I always say like, listen, you only have control of yourself at the end of the day. Yes. You can't control what anyone else says. You don't have to agree with it. You have yes. every right to have boundaries with someone. You have every right to ghost someone if it's unsafe. But at the end of the day, you control you. So you know, you control what you say, you control how you react. And so that's a responsibility that's on you. And we're human though, right? We always, right. we're going to do things that we're going to regret. We're going to say things. And then sometimes it's just looking back and being like, well, could I have said something differently? Yeah. And that's totally not even to um, say you did say anything wrong, but I, I love the fact that you just kind of reflected and been like, you know, I, I probably didn't have to say that. And I probably could have done this differently. And that's how we grow. That's like, those make for the best people that have all this growth and self-awareness. And I feel like you, you've grown a lot from this show. When you look back at it, would you change anything about your whole experience? No, no, I wouldn't. I think everything else was just fine. I, I'm, i look back and I think going through it, I was so anxious all the time. Like, am I making the right decision? But looking back, I'm, I'm happy. I handled things the way that I did. I'm actually pretty proud of myself that I handled things the way that I yes. did because yes. I, I had literally right before the show gone through this period of just like isolation and growth. And I wasn't quite sure, like, have I actually grown or not until I was put in this position to like really, try it out. And turns out I, I did, I put in the work and, and it worked and I, I'm really proud of myself. I feel like you're meant to help other people in some type of way. I don't know what that way is yet, <laughs> but I feel like you are meant to help others or that you're going to help others in some type of way at some point. Um, I know that you have a podcast. I've been peeping mm. in and listening in on it. I love that. So tell me about this, this new endeavor and where do you go from here? Yeah, uh, fill in the blank podcast. Feel as in touch, feel in the Love blank. Um, I uh, created it with my co-host, my best friend, Kayla. Uh, it it was honestly serendipity the way that it all worked out because we were both kind of thinking about it and just stumbled on a conversation. Uh, so it's just, it was perfect. I, I love our team. It's literally just four of us. I don't know how you do it just yourself. Girl, <laughs> it is, I need a team. Like, I'm like, please, I'm just trying to like manifest these like sponsorships so I can hire someone to yeah. help me. <laughs> yeah, you should. It's I know. 
It's going to come. It's a learning process though. Let me tell you when you have to learn how to like do everything from scratch, it's like, well, you know, at least I know how to do it and I can, you know, do it the way I want to. Um, but even having four people like that's still, it's still a lot of work. So what, what are your goals for the show and tell me like, what is the show? Like what kind of subjects do you guys focus on? Really just, um, relationships, lifestyle kind of podcast. We talk a lot about trauma and healing and and growth as a whole. Uh, Those are things we talk about anyway. So we were basically Mm -hmm. like, well, let's just let other people join in on the conversation. I think our overall um, goal is really to just help other people grow like we're growing. We don't have it all figured out. um, But hopefully other people listening can, um, you know, just figure it out with us. I guess. That's how I feel. Yeah. Let me tell you, everything that I talk about, it's because I either learned a lesson or I'm Mm -hmm. growing from, or it's something that I went through. Like people are like, well, you're a therapist. I'm like, yeah, I am, but I'm not, I'm human, man. Let me tell you, I'm very human. (laughs) My girlfriends, they thank God for, you know, two of my best friends that God, they've been like my therapist for so many years. If it wasn't for them, I don't know what I would do because I still have found myself in narcissist relationships. I have found myself, you know, upset over a guy. I have found myself doing things that were like outside of my character. And I think we we're just we're human. We're spiritual beings living a human experience. That's that's how I like to put it. I like that. I like yeah. that. That's that's another uh, new goal of mine I realized is now that I'm a reality star, I realize there's this huge <laughs> divide between like the perception of reality stars and the reality of reality stars and I think my new goal is to like bridge that gap so people can really see like I'm normal. Like I'm a normal human person. I need the grace that you would give your best friend because I'm figuring it out, people. Um, so that. that's that's my new goal. Well, you're you're authentic. It's it's a part of who you are, and I think that is what is going to set you aside from other people. And that's why I truly feel like you are meant to help others in some way because you have a very bright light about you. And I feel like, especially with people who are very empathic, it's something we naturally gravitate towards. If your authenticity is always going to be your best asset and part of your, your characteristic traits that are going to shine the brightest. So always be yourself. Don't ever apologize for doing that because people like me saw me and you. And I'm like, man, that's, that's so who I am. And I appreciate that, especially, you know, just continuing to be your authentic self, even on TV, even when cameras are there, because you are exactly the same. And you're, you're exactly (laughs) who I pictured (laughs) when I saw you on the show versus just talking to you now. And so I appreciate that about you. My question to you now, and this is probably the most important one, is love really blind? Oh, the cringy question. The cringy question. (laughs) (laughs) I would say love can be blind. I think love is definitely blinding. Um, I think. think, Is love blurry? Right. Is blurry? You know. I think it's, I definitely didn't think it depends on the on the person. Love can be blind, or no, love is just straight up blurry. (laughs) Yeah. I think it depends. I agree. I agree. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um, 
<laughs> I haven't figured it out. I'm hoping that we both do at some point. You know, listen, I was yeah. married. I'm divorced. I've been through it. And, you know, but everything happens for a reason. I, I had a beautiful daughter and it led me to exactly where I need to be right now. And at yeah. the time, going through my journey and some traumas and some things where I'm like, I can't even get out of bed today. And in those moments, I felt like I'm never going to get out of this feeling of feeling hopeless. And I look back at that and I'm like, man, if I knew what I knew now, I would have been out the bed so quick. But sometimes we have to go through those traumas and those challenges and those difficulties to be on the exact path of where we're supposed to be. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's, any traumas are your fault or, you know, that it's supposed to happen to you. But sometimes you just have to learn certain lessons and it throws you on a path to meet certain people, to do certain things. So, you know, perhaps all of those challenges that you went through over this last year, year and a half is going to put you exactly on the path that you're supposed to be on and exactly where you are meant to be. So I hope that for you and I want that for you. Thank you. Thank you. So where do you go from here? You have the podcast. Are, is, is there any future plans? And where do you see yourself in the next one to two years? Uh, you know, I'm really just figuring it out as I go. I've never been a heavy planner. And it turns out I might need to turn into one. But I I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, I have the podcast. And I'm grateful I have the podcast. So that's one thing for me to focus on. But Everything else just feels like so up in the air that uh, I'm just going with the flow. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes that's all you can do. Two years. That's literally I'm in survival mode right now. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> that, that's fair. Well, I can't wait to see where your journey leads you. I know we'll stay in touch. I, I'm super excited to just see where your path is going to be. And um, I appreciate your time and your energy. And thank you so much thank for coming you. on the show, Ayana. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.